This is the Tom Bigby Tales. My name is Shannon Evans, and I live in a small town on the Tom Bigby River in Northeast Mississippi called Columbus. I write about this town, and sometimes I write about the rest of the state. This episode is titled Slapping Lipstick on a Heifer. Mississippi University for Women was founded in 1884 by an act of the Mississippi legislature. Its mission was to provide the first state-supported college for women in the United States. The city of Columbus donated to the state the land and buildings of the former Columbus Female Institute, a private school founded in 1847. The... The school began with 341 young women and was called the Industrial Institute and College, IINC. In 1920, the school was renamed Mississippi State College for Women and became the W. In 1974, it converted to university status and was renamed Mississippi University for Women, also called MUW or the MU. In 1982, a landmark case forced the school to become co-ed. However, it was still known as the W. Per its own website, the W still provides, quote, a high-quality liberal arts education with a distinct emphasis on professional development and leadership opportunities for women. So women still have uh, figured strongly in the actual structure of the university. So why on earth is there a huge push from university leadership to change the name of the school? Allegedly because it can't attract men to the school due to the name. That's what the committee to change the school's name keeps telling the alumni. Yet they have provided no actual research-based evidence to back up this claim. And when asked for the data, alumni are met with avoidance or gaslit to make them feel guilty for doubting, quote, those in the know. The first renaming effort was announced at the opening of spring term by the president of the W, an alumni herself, Nora Miller. Her announcement landed like a turd in the proverbial punch bowl. The alumni were furious and left and felt duped. The new name in round one was Brightwell, a made-up name. Why were alums up in arms? Because surveys had been sent out to give alumni what they thought was a voice in the process. Except Brightwell was not on any of those surveys as an option to choose from. The angry alums called their legislatures, the Clarion Ledger, which is the largest paper in the state, and they took to social media decrying the audacity of the way the entire naming event transpired. The lack of transparency by the naming committee angered alumni far and wide. They felt not only were they not heard, but that the 140 plus years of women's education history was being wiped out with the made up new name. It sounded like a dental insurance plan to me, not a center for education rich in historic firsts. So the university under immense pressure canned the fancy marketing group, Chernoff Newman, conveniently blaming them for alienating the entire alumni, and then realizing they had no name to put before the fast-approaching close of the Mississippi legislature that has to approve the name, the committee screams, hold my beer, and scrambles to put together a new survey 
the best survey, the one that will win the hearts of the alumni everywhere by placating their desire to keep the name, the W, as their beloved moniker. Yes, they would give the current students and alumni three choices they would have to love, of course. They would because all three would start with win, W-Y-N. Win bridge, win bright, win something or other. And they could only choose from those and could not provide any other input or commentary in their choices on the survey. Then to add insult to injury, they hired a branding person on contract with little actual branding experience and who admits she has zero experience in working in any academic collegiate branding to do the rebranding of the university when Winbridge State or whatever it's going to be named is announced. Why does the current regime want to erase women from the W if women's leadership and education opportunities is a key component of their founding and their current mission? Why does the school believe the name is the problem with enrollment? Why is the admin <clears throat> administration hell-bent on pushing this win name through? The name of the university is not the problem, though a name change in and of itself is not unwelcome. It is how it's being done, that is. But let's get back to enrollment and its issues. Enrollment of freshmen in the fall of 2022 was approximately 120 students, uh, down from approximately 500 in the fall, uh, 585 in the fall of 2018. And excuse me, that's with applicants, down from 186 enrolled in 2018. The fall of 2023, it was 159 students, so an increase. Why is enrollment overall so low? Well, because enrollment is down across the country, but especially at smaller liberal arts schools. This is due to shrinking birth rates, rising student loan debt, the perception of importance of a college degree that has diminished, and the availability of viable competitive online college programs that allow for a student to work full-time and attend class virtually on their own schedule and reduce their overhead costs. In 2021, 35 colleges and universities shut down. Almost the same number were recorded in each of 2022 and 2023. 2024 looks to be even more dire for small schools like the W, as post-COVID government ARPA money has become depleted. The class of 2025 high school is expect uh, the excuse me the incoming class of 2025 is expected to be one of the smallest since World War II due to low birth rates. How does a small Southern liberal arts college attract students then? Well, low tuition, which the W has, curricula redesigns. Additional programs and certificates at undergraduate and graduate levels, and student guarantees. That's where an extra semester of school is offered for free if students have not found employment or accept, been accepted into grad school after graduation. And of course, 
course sharing through other universities like MSU. But no one will want to come to win whatever until these outdated dorms with heat and AC issues, crumbling infrastructure, lack of leadership, and the lack of attention to the safety of students and their property on campus is addressed. What's needed is not an expensive made-up new name. What they need is a foundation that invests in the campus and its students. The current regime has recently spent countless dollars interviewing staff and faculty on why the new name is important, and they have placed this all on their social media. But not one single dissenting opinion, of course, is shown there. Their propaganda machine is in overdrive, and frankly, it reeks of desperation and even more gaslighting. The current administration is determined on pushing the new name through as if it's a magic bullet to end all the school's recruiting issues. Alumni have asked for months why the name needs to change. What statistics support a name change? Crickets. No response. The naming committee announced two of the new names on the WIN survey that were sent to alumni and said that they were selected and suggested by alumni. But how do we know they weren't from Nora Miller? She is an alumni. The transparency in this entire affair is incredibly appalling. It's clear that the naming task force and W President Nora Miller fear the actual alumni's input. They have even refused to discuss the naming process and concerns at university alumni meetings. Why? Are they that disdainful of the alumni and their personal and considerable financial contributions to the W? In fact, MUW Alumni Association presidents are required to sign an agreement that they won't contradict the W's administration in public comments. The control and secrecy of the institution leadership is shocking. But let's shift gears for a few minutes and focus on other questionable behaviors of the W's administration related to the new branding they will need if the name change of round two continues. The W announced on their website and on Facebook that they partnered with W alumni Laura Tubb Prestwich to do all the new branding. While Miss Prestwich is assuredly a lovely person who loves the W, is she and her proper naming company suitable and experienced enough for the task at hand? How was Prestwich selected? Was there a national search after an RFP was posted? Were other alums of similar backgrounds considered for the project? Considering the $126 million impact the W's PR and marketing team claims the W has on the state and the projected $500,000 cost minimum of rebranding, is Presswich best suited for this job? She admits herself that she has zero experience in collegiate branding, just her passion. And passion is good, but it doesn't mean she can do this monumentally important task if the university's life actually does depend on this renaming. Here are some additional concerns. First, proper naming company does not show up as a business registered with the Mississippi Secretary of State's office 
where or nor in the state of North Carolina, which is where she uh, has listed on her Facebook profile as where she lives. The same was true for DBAs using variations of her name and her Mama Doer company name. Nothing. There is absolutely no evidence that this is a real company other than she has a website. Ignoring those troubling facts, let's just examine basic business questions that W should have asked in interviewing her for her best fit as a contractor for this hugely important position. What is the annual revenue of her company? And who are her current clients? Not her clients she's worked with way back in the past, many of which have broken links on her page. What is the number of employees in her own company? What is the size of the client's businesses that she has recently worked with under the proper naming company? Where are some product samples for finished projects that would be similar to what would be required in her new position at MUW? Is her company licensed and bonded? Now, for bigger questions for the W's marketing director, why are they hiring an alum to do branding who has zero experience with a university and has only previously worked with small one-off businesses? How was she hired as a contractor? Did the W follow state guidelines for hiring? Why is the W rolling the dice of their future on feelings and good wishes of a kind-hearted alum with a slim dabbling of branding experience? Are they trying to fail and close the gates permanently? If this new branding and naming effort fails, as I fear it is destined to do, then all those involved, from Nora Miller down to the marketing director and the naming committee members, should be laid off. And they should also be denied their state pensions and banned from working at any other public academic institutions in Mississippi. And if this is how the entire process is going to continue to go, they deserve everything coming their way.